Well, it's all about dots and jabs right now. Jabs because more evidence is suggesting three jabs are much better than two when it comes to staying out of hospital should you get the new Omicron strain. But nobody is totally clear where we are headed anywhere in the world on this new strain and what it means. More data needed. And dots because how many will the FOMC pencil in for next year? Two? Three? Some are saying four. What's needed to get the inflation genie back in the bottle? It's Wednesday, the 15th of December, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, U.S. stocks are still traveling south. We've got a 1.2% fall in the S&P 500. The Nasdaq down 1.8%. The Dow losing 0.4%. All trying to claim back a bit of lost territory right now, in fact. In Europe, the DAX and the Eurostoxx 50 both down around 1%. Whilst bond yields are rising, 10-year treasuries are up two basis points to 1.44%. Three basis points higher than that uh, earlier in the session. And the US dollar has gained 0.2% on the DXY. It's up 0.4% on the Canadian dollar. The Aussie dollar's also down 0.4%. It dipped below 71 US cents earlier this morning. It's back above it now. And oil falling further, more than 1% down for WTI and Brent. uh, Over 2% actually earlier down. And uh, when WTI was back below $70, back above it now. You know, this is from $84 at the beginning of November. Not sure anyone's actually seen that drop reflected in uh, the prices at the petrol pump anywhere in the world right now. It's always a bit of a one-way street, isn't it? So, look, we've got a busy day ahead. We've got the FOMC tomorrow morning, UK CPI today, US retail sales. And uh, let's talk about all of that uh, with Rodrigo Catrill from NAB in Sydney. The pressure is on now, isn't it, for the FOMC to do something about inflation. And the latest evidence of that, uh, PPI, producer prices for the US rose more than expected last month, didn't they? Morning, Phil. Yes, we, we had a, a pretty punchy jump in the in the PPR number. Um, if you look at the, the new time series, which has been going on since 2011, I think it is a record number, 9.6. Mm. But even if you look at the, the more longer time series uh, with the goods uh, services uh, series, um, it's a it's a you know the, the highest number that has been since uh, 1980. Uh, so th- uh, so w- the PPI printed at 9.6, uh, and the goods one printed at 13.3. So it is it is pretty wow. punchy, and it is um, you know going almost on a vertical uh, scale. Um, so it's, it's certainly adding fuel to to this idea that the, the Fed is is going to act and is going to do something about this. Of course, we know that. Fed Chair Powell retired the word transitory the, the last time he spoke. So um, it, the expectations are pretty high in terms of a, a more hawkish stance um, and in particular uh, an acceleration in terms of the pace of uh, the tapering for quantitative easing, uh, which effectively means that, well, the market is expecting uh, QE now to be eff- effectively ending in March next year opening the door for the yep. Fed to actually begin hiking uh, as soon as, you know, March or April next year. Uh, but also the, then the question is, well, how many hikes next year? And, and that's where the dots mm. come into, into play. Um, and if you remember, well, the last time we had the dots in September, um, the median was showing a, a bias for effectively one hike. Um, and now yeah. the question is, well, is the median dot going to show bias for two or for three where the market is? The market is really close to, to three hikes. Uh, and and, no. and the question is, well, if, if they actually show three hikes, it is likely that, that the market will, you know, price an extra one on top of that. And, and that could create a, a, a bit of market volatility as well. So, so if they come so if they come back with two tomorrow, 
uh, the market is probably still going to sit where it is, priced in for three again. Yeah, we don't believe you. But if they're, if they're more yes. bullish, if they say three, then they're going to say four. They're, yes, and in particular, that, that's where sort of the distribution of the dots will become relevant, mm. right? Because mm. one thing is the median and the other one is like, what is the bias? And then you will see that there'll be quite a few above the median. Uh, and then obviously that, that plays into that as well. So there's next expectation, because it seems like a long way out. This time next year is a long way away, and we don't know where inflation is going to be although, or where COVID is going to be. But it seems, you know, the removal of that word transitory, as you say, obviously, you know, the expectation is that we will be, you know, maybe it will have slid down a little bit, but it will still be high this time next year. Yeah, and that's, that's really uh, the big unknown. And we've got to remember that, now with Omicron, um, what, what, why is inflation going up? Well, there's genuine price pressures and, and labor market pressures um, and the cost of living pressures, but the supply bottlenecks have been a function of this opening and shutting uh, dynamic that we've seen because of, of Delta wave or uh, virus waves. So Omicron is effectively, uh, you know, providing or dealing more of the same. So this idea that price pressures will be there because of bottlenecks, yeah. it's probably going to be a bit longer or it's going to take longer to play out. So um, it extends this dynamic of, of, of inflationary pressures into 2022. And then, of course, wage pressures as well. So, And we're seeing that everywhere. We saw average earnings pick up a bit in the UK, didn't we, uh, yesterday, up 4.9% year on year in October. Uh, that, that's actually down from September. Uh, but, you know, you'd actually be expecting, we're seeing wages going up, you'd actually be expecting as more people go back to work, uh, lower paid workers go back to work, you know, normal circumstances, you'd be saying, well, actually, you'd, you'd be thinking average wages would be going down. So it really is going against the trend. It is. And, and that, that, is, that is sort of the, the expectation, not only in the US and the UK, but also here, right? There's, mm. there's a sense that we will be reopening more, uh, you know, workers from overseas will come and ease the pressures in the labor market. But if anything, at this moment, the data coming from the UK is showing that the, the labor market still remains very tight, even though more you know, workers are coming back in, in, into the labor market. So still yeah. early days, um, but, but certainly uh, it's, it plays to the view that wages tend to be sticky. You know, they don't come down. They, they, once it starts rising, uh, it's difficult to see them coming down. And uh, a similar story in Australia, really. The, I mean, it's, it's still early days, but the NAB business survey yesterday, well, first of all, we saw business confidence dip a little bit, didn't we? Uh, a bit more than expected, perhaps. But also, again, labour costs continuing to rise in Australia. Yes, a little bit of that. I, I think probably the, the most encouraging bit is is the, the dynamics of these leading indicators that we tend to, that, that like for instance, the capacity utilization that, that tells yeah. us that that's a good leading indicator for the demand for labor. So uh, we've got to remember that the recovery of the labor market still needs to play out in Australia. But at the moment, those leading indicators are telling us that there's, you know, we should see a very swift recovery in terms of the labor market in Australia. And in fact, you know, our economists expect a pre pre punchy number in terms of job creation um, uh, on Thursday. So the median there is for 200,000 jobs and, and uh, our now economy is expecting to 280,000. So a big, big jump there. And, and again, why is that? Because all these leading indicators are telling us that the reopening will come with, with a big, big sort of wave of, of new hiring uh, and, and take us back to those pre-pandemic levels a, a lot quicker than what the RBA is thinking. But does that mean we're going to get the wage pressures that we're seeing in other parts of the world happening in Australia as well? You'd presume so, wouldn't you? You would think so. Um, one of the arguments about Australia is that 
the, the market dynamics play into a much slower sort of uh, uh, price pressures in, in terms of how they play out. Uh, so expectations are for, for it to, 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 to show, but maybe not as quickly as what we have seen in the US and in the UK and other parts of the world. Right, and we've got the borders opening as well, of course, today. So uh, yeah. that uh, that might help keep uh, keep that wage pr- price inflation down as well. Uh, on that, Scott Morrison not too concerned about uh, COVID numbers. Reading the uh, AFR this morning, he says, you know, we should be striving to live with the virus. I, I hope he's right because you look at other parts of the world, Scotland, for example. Now uh, they've not mandating this, but they're asking people just uh, to to mix with two other households if they go to the pub. Uh, and um, yeah, the, the the some papers in the UK, you know, saying the potential that pubs might actually be closed again before the end of the year. So uh, you know, b- big fears there. But we the, the problem is we just don't know. It's like you read one newspaper story saying, oh, it's sp- it's spreading like wildfire, and you're getting other ones saying, yeah, but it doesn't matter because no one's really getting seriously ill from it. I mean, the the, the one common thread through all of this is if you've got the three jabs, then you you're probably going to be all right. But if you haven't got the three jabs, it depends what uh, what vaccine you've had. Either way, I mean, it's 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 going to have an impact on 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 the speed of recovery, whichever way you look at it. Yes, so there's a couple of, of, of themes there. One, there's obviously the uncertainty. Two, the, the Omicron variant, what we know is certainly more infectious than others, um, and, but we don't know yet to, to what degree the, the disease or severity of disease is similar or worse than Delta. But if it's, if it's twice or four times more infectious, then you need to also put into the question that more people are going to get sick and, and therefore mm-hmm. more people are going to go to hospital in, in, in relation to where you were before. So that's the big uncertainty. Of course, the, the UK is the extreme scenario where they've been more, more cautious about this, uh, given the expectations that the, the level of infection, which is, you know, skyrocketing, um, will, will result in, in more people going to hospital. Uh, so, um, at the moment in, in Australia, we, we're taking a more, a more sort of relaxed approach, but we also have a, a much higher level of vaccination rate, which gives us that confidence that, that we can cope and that the health sector can cope with, you know, the, the likelihood that more people will be sick. So um, it's, it's early days. And, and as you say, we, we're getting all these mixed, mixed reports coming from, you know, the headlines every day that, um, you know, for instance, overnight we had those Pfizer uh, results coming from South Africa saying that it's 80% effective uh, against, or rather 70% effective against hospitalization uh, from, from Omicron. Uh, but then you also have headlines again from specialists coming from the UK saying, oh, you should take those numbers with cautiousness because the, the studies are not that rigorous and, and, and we need more time to have a more scientifically proven yeah. uh, data to, to corroborate the views. So. It's early days still. We need to be more patient in terms of seeing what's going on. Um, but at the moment, there's reasons to be optimistic that maybe things are not going to be as bad as, as, as many expect. As the Brits think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, UK CPI today, uh, ahead of the Bank of England tomorrow. Uh, you'd imagine it's going to be higher than uh, than it was. Uh, but it's, it's not going to be as high as the US, which is interesting, isn't it? Given, you know, we've got the effects of Brexit as well, the increased gas costs in Europe, which is impacting the UK as well. But it's not at US levels for uh, for inflation just yet. Not yet, but the expectations are that it will continue to rise over the coming months. And I suppose mm-hmm. that that's the, the, the big dilemma for, for the UK. Um, and again, it's the dynamics. It's not just, uh, you know, bottlenecks. It's, it's the extra energy stuff. And, and in that sense, you know, oil prices are more sensitive to the energy dynamics in the U.S., and we know that oil prices are easing, whereas gas prices in, in Europe and the U.K., um, you know, are rising again. And, yeah. and 
and that's the uncertainty. So again, it plays to the view that you know those price pressures are here to stay, and they're, they're potentially going to be even more significant. So, so the Bank of England was talking about this idea that inflation was going to get to five percent. Now, what we know today is that it's potentially just going to be higher, given given those price pressures that are coming from the energy side as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look ahead of the FOMC, we get China's activity numbers today. I imagine one of the key questions there is going to be uh, what's investment like? You know, are Chinese businesses ramping up, gearing up for growth, or are things continuing to slow down? Yeah, so there's a few things going on there. One, we've got to remember that one of the features of the sort of the recovery and then the slowdown that we saw in, in China was that the retail or the consumer was still very, you know, anemic, if you like. Uh, and at the moment, expectations are that still, you know, the year-on-year number for, for retail sales, for instance, is, is actually expected to decline when you look at the year-to-day numbers from 14.9 to 13.8. So that dynamic of a more cautious consumer, particularly as the economy slows down and the property sector is under pressure, is still very much there. Um, and whether we see any effects from, from the new initiatives coming from the government in order to stimulate investment is probably a bit too early. And at the moment, expectations are for fixed assets investments to actually decline again from 6.1 to 5.4. So maybe the best thing that we can say is that hopefully we get a, a bit of stability in the numbers. Uh, but it's still, um, you know, the data will still needs to print. We think it will be soft a little bit for a couple of months before we start seeing the effects from the new initiatives from the government to try to stimulate the economy. And we get U.S. retail sales today as well. I think the expectation is that they may slide a little bit, even though, you know, November's normally very strong, of course, because of Black Friday and, uh, and and Cyber Monday. But this time, perhaps not as strong as, as October. You've really got to throw the textbooks away, haven't you, in this environment? Because normally you'd be going, well, if you're going to have high inflation, that would that would normally go hand in hand with, with strong retail sales. To see sales starting to slow down while inflation is picking up is a bit unusual. It is, but uh, it's, it's also like we've got to remember it's slowing down from a hugely elevated level, right? So the, yeah. the 1.7 that we had, it's not, not huge relative to the, the big jumps that we had after the pandemic, but it's, it's on the high end of, of average, right? Um, so the 1.7 that, that we had in October um, uh, is now expected to, to print uh, at 0. 0.7, 0. 0.8, uh, depending on which number you're looking at. Uh, and that's more or less in line with sort of the, the average. So it's still above the average and it's, it's more or less in line with what you would expect around sort of a, a good month like November. So it's a good number, but, but not as good as, as the ones that we've seen uh, in, in, in previous months. Right. And the FOMC tomorrow, which we've already talked about conveniently uh, just before our podcast tomorrow morning. So we'll be able to bring you the latest news hot off the wires uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, we'll catch you again uh, for the last time next week. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll speak to you then. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Phil. Cheers. And I'll be back tomorrow morning talking FOMC with somebody else. I think it's Dave, actually, from uh, from NAB in London. Uh, that's tomorrow morning. I'm Phil Dobby for NAB. See you then. <laughs>